This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. When I was praying a, a while back, this just kept coming up in my heart. I'm going to turn up the flow. I'm going to turn up the flow. I'm going to turn up the flow. And so that's where I want us to start tonight. In your notes there, Isaiah 54. Because when he was saying, I want to turn up the flow, I, I saw these two pegs that were, were, were these two stakes that were driven down into the ground. And around these stakes, there were ropes tied around them. And the ropes were flowing back out this way. And the currents were just turning up. Like the currents, the power of the currents were turning up. And those stakes can represent... Uh, different things for different people, but it, it for us, of course, it's our our marriage, it's our team, it's it's the the stakes in our life, the things that are your your focal point, your spheres of influence. And as we grow on the inside, the cords are going to be lengthened. Your you, the ropes are going to be lengthened, but God's going to turn up the flow and the anointing of God, the power of God, the gifts of the Spirit, the wisdom of God to make a difference in our life. And so Isaiah 54, let's read this. Say, turn up the flow. flow. Isaiah 54, verses 2 through 4, it says, Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Say, strengthen your stakes. For you will expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited... Do not fear, for you'll not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will be, you will not be put to shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth. Say, turn up the flow. flow. Strengthen the stakes. stakes. So a little bit beyond that, I I was going to bed one night and I was just reading Romans chapter 4, verse 20 and 21. And it says, no unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubtingly questioned concerning the promise of God. Pause. I want you to think about what areas of your life might you be questioning the word or the will of God? What area might you be dealing with questioning? Maybe it's provision. Maybe it's your physical uh, healing. Maybe it's a relational issue. Maybe it's your assignment. Maybe it's your purpose. Let's keep going. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God, fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. Fully satisfied and assured. Fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. How many of you want to be fully satisfied and assured that God is able and mighty to do what He promised? Every one of us, right? Every one of us want to wake up in the morning and know that God God is watching over His Word to perform it, knowing that God's Word never returns void, knowing that God is doing a work in us and through us. We want to be fully satisfied and assured that God is able and mighty to do what He promised. So I went to bed reading those scriptures, just meditating on them. I woke up the next morning, and this is what the Lord just reminded me, that I want to turn up the flow. He says, but He needs us to position ourselves to turn up the flow for Him to turn up the flow. That He wants to turn up the flow, but we've got to turn up the flow. 
How do I turn up the flow? Worship, Worship praise, the word, right relationships. I mean, you can't hang out with a bunch of chickens and expect to fly the eagles, right? You know, how, how do we turn up the flow? Let's look at this, Romans 4, 20 and 21. No unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubtingly questioned concerning the promise of God. So I've got to ask myself, is there areas, are there areas of unbelief? Are there areas where I'm distrusting? Are there areas that I'm wavering concerning the promise of God? I've got to be real with myself. We're not here to, to be religious. We're not here just to play church. We're not here just to go through the motion. We want results, right? God wants us to have results. We're not in this just to play patty cake or tiddlywinks or whatever words you want to use there, right? <laughs> We are in this to get results. We want to know God and we want to be the best us we can be. He goes on to say, but he grew strong and was empowered by faith. Grew strong. Now, you know, just like I do, there are times in our relationship where we've been, more, we've been stronger than other times. But it says he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. As he gave praise and glory to God, he grew in strength as he gave praise and glory to God. He was empowered by faith as he gave praise Amen. and glory to God. So how do I grow strong and how am I empowered by faith? As I give praise and glory to God, I get God's word and I begin to worship back his word to him. I begin to put him in remembrance of his word. Isaiah 43 verse 25, put him in remembrance. I begin to worship God with his word. Father, I just, I pray praise you that you are my provider, regardless of what it looks like in the natural. I praise you that you are my healer, regardless of what my physical body looks like. I grow strong and I'm empowered by faith as I give praise and glory to God. The praise and glory to God come before the strength and empowerment. But a lot of times we want the strength and empowerment to come before the praise and the glory. He says, I grow strong and I'm empowered by faith as I give praise and glory to God, fully satisfied and assured. So this is a process. How do I turn up the flow? I begin to give God praise and glory. Whatever situation you're going through, maybe it's wisdom. Father, I just begin to praise you that you are not holding back wisdom from me. You say, when I, any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of you. Ask in faith. And you said you're not holding it back. So, Father, I give you praise and I give you glory that I have the mind of Christ. I give you praise and I give you glory, Proverbs 10, 7, that the mind of the righteous is blessed. I give you praise and I give you glory that the Spirit of God is leading and guiding me into all truth right now. I give you praise and I give you glory that the footsteps of a righteous person, they're ordered by God. I give you praise and I give you glory that I seek you first, you and your kingdom. And you said everything else is being added unto me right now, even when I'm not seeing anything happening in the natural. And as, as, as we give praise and glory, strength begins to come. Empowerment begins to come. See, faith is a spiritual force. It doesn't come from our head. It comes from our heart. So how? We, we are a spirit. We have a soul. And we live in a physical body. But God is spirit. So how do I begin to live a strong life as I give praise and glory to God? 
as I, I worship my Heavenly Father in spirit and in truth, as I turn up the flow, I'm not being religious, I'm not coming to church on the way to lunch, I'm not just, oh, bless you, brother, you know, wearing my Christian T-shirt and my bumper sticker, all that stuff's great, but I've got I've to go inward. Am I playing church or am I really engaged? Yes, yes. I become That's strong good. and I'm empowered by faith as I give praise and glory to God. Not as I go to church. Not as I... Come on. Bless you, brother. Come on. No, as I give praise and glory to God, Almighty. I become strong in faith. Yes, yes. Say strong. Strong. Now, let's look at Acts chapter 16, verse 25 and 26. Turn up the flow so he can turn up the flow. Say turn up the flow. Turn up the flow. Acts 16, verse 25, 26. You know the story here. The, this woman uh, was a, a fortune teller. She was possessed of the devil. These people all made a lot of money off this, this girl. Paul gets fed up with it, casts the devil out of her, ticks everybody off. He gets thrown in jail. Bad day in the neighborhood, right? All right. But look what happens. But at midnight, as Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God... The other prisoners were listening to them and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the very foundations of the prison were shaken and at once all the doors were opened and everyone's shackles were unfastened. So notice the praise and the prayer came before the manifestation. I want to read it again. But at midnight, Paul, and I'm going to come back to this here in, here in a little bit. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. They were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. They were praying and singing praise to God. And the other prisoners were listening. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the very foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the doors were open and everyone's shackles were unfastened. But what came first? The praying and the praise. Turning up the flow came before God turned up the flow. God wants to turn up the flow. He wants to turn up the flow of wisdom. He wants to turn up the flow of power. He wants to turn up the flow of healing. He wants to turn up the flow of insight, direction, everything that pertains to life and godliness. But he's saying, I need you to position yourself and you turn up the flow. Because see, praise attracts the presence of God. And it takes faith to pray first, to praise first, before you see anything in the natural. Say, turn up the flow. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Let's look at this. Let's pull some things out. So how do I turn up the flow? Through praise, through the word, through faith, through worship. Second Chronicles 20, verses 2 and 3 in Amplified. It says, It was told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude has come against you from beyond the dead, see, from Edomite. And behold, they are in Hazan Tamar, which is in Gerai. Now, I'm probably not saying them right, but just show me some mercy, okay? Kind of like when you look at the notes. I mean, get over it. If you see mistakes, just get over it. Be thankful you have some notes to look at, all right? You should hear some of the messages I get on TV and stuff. You know, oh, you know, you're... you're I won't even get into it anyway. <laughs> then Jehoshaphat feared and set himself determinedly. Now, we're asking, okay, how do I turn up the flow? Say, so turn up the flow. And he set himself determinately as his vital need to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast in all Judah, and Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord, yearning for him with all their desire. 
So this is how he positioned himself. He set himself determinedly, say determinedly, as his vital need to seek the Lord. Now think about a vital need. When is the last time you've truly set yourself determinedly as your vital need to seek the Lord? It's vital that your heart is beating. It's vital that you have oxygen to breathe, right? It's vital. When's the last time you've made a decision? I'm not backing off till I hear God. I'm not backing off till I get my answer. I'm not backing off till breakthrough begins to happen. I'm going to turn up the flow till God has to show up in my life. This isn't a game to me. I'm setting myself determinedly as my vital necessity. I need God more than I need air. I need God more than I need anything as my vital necessity. God is saying, I want to turn up the flow, but He's saying, I need you to turn up the flow. When's the last time that maybe you've missed a meal? Ah, don't you mess with my Twinkie. (laughs) But when? When is the last time? And we're going to, I'm just going to touch and go on this right here. Say, thank you, Lord. But they fasted and they set themselves to seek the Lord. Let's keep going. And yearning for Him with all their desire. What's the greatest thing you desire in your life right now? Don't be religious. I want you to think. I've got to be real with myself. Do I desire the presence of God as much as I do that financial breakthrough? Do I desire the presence of God as much as I do the win? Do I desire the presence of God? This isn't, you, you can't get there being religious. Do I, I truly desire the presence of God? Do I truly desire to know the heartbeat of my Heavenly Father more than I desire anything else? I love my wife, but do I truly love God more than I love her? How do I turn up the flow? How God wants to turn up the flow, but how do I position myself to turn up the flow? He says, okay, it, it takes a quality decision on the inside that I'm determined. I'm not, I'm not just being religious. I'm not just going through the motions. I'm making a decision and no devil in hell, no religious person is going to back me off from doing what God has called and created me to do. I'm determined that I'm going to seek God as my vital necessity and I'm going to hear His voice. I'm going to walk in His plan. I'm going to walk in His will. I'm going to experience the presence of God. If, if I'm going to breathe, I'm going to know God. If I'm going to, my heart's going to beat, I'm going to know God. I, it it is my vital necessity. Yes, sir. That's good. Hallelujah. Lord, I ask you, Holy Spirit, I ask you to help us. Help yes, us that yes, stir yes. that yearning. You know, you've got to learn to stir yourself up. Yes. Amen. And it's so easy to feed our flesh in today's society that we get more of everything else out there than we do God, but we can't feed our flesh 99% of the time and our spirit 1% of the time and expect to yearn and desire after Him. Let's keep going. Verse 12, We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel. Verse 14, verse 15, The Lord says this, To you, be not afraid or dismayed at this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. 
Now, that's been a religious phrase that's been thrown around. Uh, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, this is the battle is the Lord's. And that's true if you're positioning yourself correctly. He wants it to be his battle. It goes back to the series that we have back there on you choose. Remember, oh, everybody, just, you hear this all the time. God's in control of everything. No, God is not in control of everything. We have a part to play, right? If God was in control of everything, there would be nothing bad. There would be no people going to hell. Everybody would go to heaven. So right here, he says, I don't know what to do, so I've got to check. Are my eyes truly on him or are my eyes on the circumstance? Are my eyes on the promise or are they on the problem? I don't know what to do, but I'm telling you what, I'm making a determined decision that my eyes are going to be on him. My eyes are going to be on the promise even when my flesh is screaming. My eyes are going to be on the promise even when in the natural it doesn't look like anything that the word promises. I'm determined my eyes are going to be on him. Let's keep going. He says, you shall not need to fight this battle. Take your position. Say, take your position. position. Stand still and see the deliverance of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Pause. The Lord is with you. If I truly believe that God's with me, I'm going to pray different. If I truly believe that God's with me, I'm going to praise different. If I truly believe that God is with me, I, I'm going to approach life differently. If I truly believe that God is with me, am I going to keep sucking my thumb and pulling my ear and wah, 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 and what about me? No, I've determined as my vital necessity, I'm going to seek Him until there's a change on the inside of me. As I give praise and glory to God, He says strength comes, empowerment comes, and I become fully satisfied and assured that God will do what He said He would do. I don't know what to do in the natural, but God, my eyes are upon you. And I'm positioning myself for you to fight this battle because I'm going to turn up the flow and you're going to turn up the flow. I know it wasn't right English, but you're with me, right? Say, turn up the flow. And he goes on, And Jehoshaphat bowed his, bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping him. And some Levites of the Korathites and the Korathites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe and remain steadfast to His prophets, and you shall prosper. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers to sing to the Lord and praise Him in the holy priestly garments as they went out before the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord for His mercy and loving kindness endures forever. And when they begin to sing and when they begin to praise the Lord's set ambushment against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who came out against Judah and they were self-slaughtered. Notice, notice what's taking place right here. So he says that they begin to set themselves to worship God. Now, now so this is where we have to take ourselves from just reading the Bible to am I a doer of what I'm reading in the Bible. Amen. That I might not know what to do, but have I made the decision that my eyes are going to be upon Him? Have I made the decision that I'm, I'm going to make a determined effort on the inside that, God, I'm coming after you. I'm going to know your heart. I'm going to know your mind. I'm going to know your will. I'm going to know, yeah. I'm going to know you. If anybody's going to get their prayers answered, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to know yeah. the presence of God, it's going to be me. Yeah. If anybody's going to change, it's going to be me. Bless God, I, I'm, I'm setting myself and I believe. I believe in the Lord my God and He says you will be established. Yes. 
He says, but also you believe in his prophets. You believe in the men and women of God that he's put in your life. And he says, what, what's an indicator that I'm believing? That I'm doing. If I truly believe God's word, I'm doing it. Yes, yes. I'm not just acknowledging it with my mind. There's action. I'm doing it. Say, I'm doing it. And he goes on to say, and if whenever we do this, we prosper. Say, we prosper. we prosper. Now, I like this because he says, He appointed singers to sing to the Lord and praise Him in their holy priestly garments as they went out before the army. I want you to picture this. Think of the reverence and the respect they had for these worshipers. These aren't, we're men, we're men in tights. I mean, these. think about this guy's looking around. He don't know what to do. And he has different nations coming against him. And God says, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to appoint this person and this person and this person and this person appointed singers and appointed praisers. I've got to pause. Would they pick me to be on the front lines because I'm not playing patty cake. I'm not just being religious. But when I'm, I want somebody in battle, I want the right people in the foxhole with me. Yes, sir. Amen. Would I be appointed? In other words, would God say there's something different about him? I need him in front of the guns. I need him in front of the horses. I need him in the front. They're not singing, this is the day, this is the day. No, they are they're engaged with all their being. When they open their mouth, heaven comes to attention. Why? Because they are appointed. The word appointment means at a set time you're going to meet somebody. When you have a divine appointment with God at a set time, you've already determined ahead of time, I'm going to know God. You've already determined ahead of time, I'm not backing off till I win. You've determined ahead of time, I'm not playing with this. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to breathe it. I'm going to live it. If, if anybody's going to experience it, it's going to be me. Say it's going to be me. Now, years ago, I remember that I was thinking about the word appointment. And the Lord says, Trey, many of my people have been robbed by this appointment because appointment means that you are divinely God has divine appointments that your footsteps are ordered by God and there are certain set times that you are created by God to meet certain relationships to walk in provision to walk in open doors there's a set time but when circumstance or life happens or your prayers don't get answered the way you thought they should or God doesn't do something the way you think he should or it takes longer than you think it should anytime you put the prefix dis in front of any word, it reverses the meaning. So you were being led, divine appointments, but things happened, and now you're disappointed, and God was leading you this way, but because of disappointment, now you're going away from the God-ordained appointments. Yes, sir. And praise and worship will keep you on track to be at the right place at the right time. Yes, sir. So it says they were appointed praisers and they were appointed singers. I've got to ask myself, would God count on me to be in front of the army praising and worshiping? Or am I going to be moved by what I see? Am I going to be moved by what I feel? Am I going to be moved because it doesn't work out the way I think it should? 
Or am I going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever? And it doesn't matter what I see. It doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what I go through. God, you can count on me. Even tears running down your face. Even pain saturating your body. You're going to begin to praise anyway. You're going to begin to worship anyway. As they praise and yes. give praise and glory to God, then strength Whoa. comes. Then faith rises. Appointed singers, appointed praisers say, that's me. That's me. Now let's keep going. <laughs> yes, thank you, Lord. And, and when they began to sing and to praise, notice when they began, the, the ambushment didn't happen until they began. As they moved, God moved. As they stepped, God stepped. And it says that the Lord set ambushment against the enemy. So either I believe God's word or I don't believe God's word. Verse 24, And in Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness. Now picture this. They begin to sing and they begin to praise. God said ambushment. They turned on one another. The enemy turned on one another. Whatever scheme he has to kill, steal, and destroy in your life, if we'll begin to praise and we'll begin to worship and we'll begin to sing and we take on the assignment in our holy priestly garments, Isaiah 61.3 says there's an exchange. That whenever I put on the garment of praise, it's going to be praise that's going to lift me instead of having a heavy, burdened, failing spirit, the Amplified says. Instead of a failing spirit, I'm going to have a victorious spirit. Instead of a heavy spirit, I'm going to have a light spirit. Instead of a beaten up spirit, I'm going to have a spirit of victory. I'm going to have a spring in my step. My attitude's going to be different. My eyes are going to be different. My words are going to be different. Why? Because you realize I have on a different garment than the other people around me have on. Have you made the exchange? Because life happens. It's a choice every single day. Amen. It's a choice. Say it's a choice. It's a choice. It isn't, you know, God's not sitting up there like the little kids, you know, you know, but picking the flowers. He loves me. He loves me not. You know, God's not sitting up there saying, oh, this one's going to win. That one, oh, no way. He's, he's toast. He's going to win. Oh, no, that's not going to get. It's a choice and a decision that I'm going to position myself to receive everything that Jesus died to give me. Amen. Say, turn up the flow. Verse 24, When Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, they looked at the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none had escaped. Verse 25, And Jehoshaphat and his people came to take the spoil. They found among them much cattle, much goods, garments, precious things, which they took for themselves more than they could carry away so much that there were three days in gathering the spoils. Verse 27, Then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem, Jehoshaphat leading them to Jerusalem with joy. Say with joy. For the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. But notice the victory over their enemies didn't come before the praising. It didn't come before the worshiping. It didn't come before the de determination that I'm going to seek God as my vital necessity. It didn't come before any of that type of stuff. The decision was made first. Say first. The praise and worship was first. Say first. Being an appointed singer, an appointed worshiper, and you're saying, well, I don't sing very good. You do to God. A friend of mine has a church and it says, if you can't sing good, sing loud. <laughs> it isn't about the sound. Everybody should sing, but not everybody should record. Right? right? Everybody should sing. Say sing. Sing. Praise, 
worship, the word, your focus, the decision on the inside comes before the breakthrough, comes before the restoration, comes before the harvest. Say harvest. harvest. See, turning up the flow and God turning up the flow is about harvest. So, so after the Lord was saying this, Heather and I just got back from from Oklahoma and we'd been we had three days of meetings up there and there was just like a block in my spirit and in my mind and because usually when I've been going a bunch you know I have days away that I've refuel and get filled back up and everything and there was a block so I told her you know I'm just I'm 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 not going to have lunch today I'm going to I'm going to use that time and I'm going to seek the Lord and after a couple hours of doing that as I kept hearing this hearing this phrase come up in my spirit clean the fields clean the fields clean the fields that it's very important that my, my body clean the fields. In other words, God began to just show me how important it is the way you're wired, the way you're gifted, what you're called and created to do. You've got to get to the fields that God's called you to. Clean the fields. Clean the fields. Turn up the flows so He can turn up the flows. But it's about the harvest. You've got to get to the fields you're created to be in. You're not created to be in my fields, and I'm not necessarily created to be in your fields. But you're wired. You're designed. You're gifted. You have passions. You have desires on the inside of you. And the Spirit of God is saying, get to your fields. Why? Because there's people's eternal destiny attached to you getting to your fields. And I'm not only accountable for the people that I reach, I'm accountable for the people that I'm created to reach. And you are the same way. Yes, Get sir. to the fields. In yeah. your job, you are designed to reach certain people in your sphere of influence. Get to the fields. Get to the fields. Clean the fields. Clean the fields. And it's just the book of Ruth kept coming. It says, go to the book of Ruth. Go to the book of Ruth. I won't have time to teach all the book of Ruth. But in the book of Ruth, and I'm just going to touch on certain parts and we'll move on. In the book of Ruth, you see some phenomenal things. You see, Ruth is a type and shadow of the body of Christ. Boaz is a type and shadow of Jesus. Okay, so, so, so go with me over there. It's on your notes. Say, get to the fields. And in Ruth 1, it says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons, the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife was Naomi, and the name of his two sons was Malon and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left... And her two sons, now they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. Then both Malon and Chilion also died. And so the woman survived her two sons and her husbands. Now, just you can study this on your own time, but I put the meanings of the names right here. Boaz means it's a type of Christ. Elimelech means God is king. Naomi means pleasant. Orpah means turn back. Ruth means something worth seeing. Malon and Chilion means weakness and puny, so that's okay that they died, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding about that, all right? Now, now picture this. In, in the book of Ruth, you see poverty, you see shame, you see death, you see destruction, you see a lot of terrible things, but on the other hand, you see prosperity, you see restoration, you see redemption, you see, you see some great things. Now, clean the fields. Say, clean the fields. Clean the fields. And ultimately, during this time, Ruth eventually got to the field she was called to be at, which was the field of Boaz. 
And in the field of Boaz, Boaz told her, don't you go to another field because your protection is at this field. Your redemption is at this field. Your restoration is at this field. Your, your prosperity is at this field. Say this field. God is saying, get, get to the field. Now what happened here is that Eli, Melech, Malon, and Chilion, they left Bethlehem and Judah. Now Bethlehem means the word, and Judah means praise. So when they left the word and they left praise, things begin to die. That's good. Good teaching. They were created to be in a certain environment. Just yes, like you yes. and I are created to be in a certain environment. Yes. God created the earth as the environment for plants to be in. And if you pull the plant out of that environment, it dies. The water was created for fish to flourish in the environment. You pull the fish out of that environment, they die. We are created by God to be in a certain environment, and that environment is the presence of God. And if we pull us out of that environment, we begin to die. Our joy begins to die. Our peace begins to die. Our relationships begin to die. Our finances begin to die because we leave Bethlehem and Judah, the word and praise. When you leave the word and praise, things begin to die. But when Elimelech and puny and weakness died... Orpah, which means to turn back, and there's certain relationships in your life, you need to let them turn back. Because they hadn't made the determined decision that I don't care what I go through, I'm going after God. Yes, sir. So Orpah told Naomi, I'm going to go back. But then Naomi saw that Ruth, Ruth is the body of Christ, stay with me here, which means something worth seeing. Something worth seeing made a decision that I've got something worth seeing. And I realize that God has connected me to this relationship and I'm not backing off until this relationship produces what God designed it to produce. Every relationship is designed to produce something. Every relationship is designed to produce an offspring. What are your relationships producing? Is it positive or is it negative? Is, are you in the environment where it's putting a demand on the seed on the inside of you? Because not every environment can pull out the potential of the seed in you. And a lot of times people get very frustrated because they're not willing to get out of the environment they're in because that environment doesn't have the potential to pull out what's in you. So on purpose, we have to put ourselves in the right environment because people that think bigger, people that believe bigger, people that live bigger, they have it in them and on them to pull out of us what is truly in us because if we stay back in that little environment, we'll stay little. So Ruth, who is a type of you and I, who realize I have something in me worth seeing. And I'm not leaving this divine relationship, and the two went back to Bethlehem, the Word, and they went back to Judah to praise. And as they went back to Bethlehem and they went back to Judah, the Word, and praise, Boaz began to show up. See, Jesus is in the Word and Jesus is in the praise, and I need Jesus to show up in my life. I need, I need Jesus to show up. I need the presence of God more than I need anything else. If you step out to fulfill what God has called and created you to be, playing patty cake and being religious will get your tail kicked and it won't be enough for you. 
But when you return back to the Word and you return back to praise, things begin to change. And the Bible says, as Ruth and Naomi entered back into Bethlehem, Judah, it stirred the city. When you return back to the Word and you return back to praise, things will begin to stir on the inside of you that were placed in you by God. But you pull yourself away from the Word and you pull yourself away from the praise, the things that are put in you by God will begin to die. Just like the plant is out of the environment, it dies. You and I, we're out of our environment. We malfunction, we dysfunction, and we can't function because we're not in the environment we are created by God to be in. But when we return to the Word and we return to praise, what is in you begins to stir again. Oh, my God. Begins to stir again. Thank you, Father. Begins to stir again. Thank you, Lord. Clean the fields. How do I know which field to go to? Return to the Word and return to praise. How do I know what, what, where the harvest is? Return to the Word and return to praise. That's good. I could spend a long time on that. But I, I want us to get to the, the, the next thing the Lord shared with me. Uh, Dr. Savell, one of our spiritual fathers, he said, this year is a year of supernatural increase. Uh-huh. Open door of supernatural increase like never before. And when he said that phrase, like never before, it, has, it, it talks to me day and night Amen. like never before. And the Lord says, Trey, I want you to start believing me for things like never before. Ephesians 3.20, you can go towards the last couple of pages there of your notes. Like never before. Say, like never before. before. Ephesians 3.20 in the Amplified, it says, Now to him who by consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out His purpose and do super abundantly far over above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams like never before. Say like never before. before. Psalm 78 verse 41 and 42 it says, And time and again they turned back and tempted God, provoking and limiting the Holy One of Israel. Y'all just listen up here for a moment. So, So I want you to engage if you haven't found it yet. They limited... The unlimited one, because they did not remember his power. God is saying, I want to reveal myself like never before. Start believing God for him to show up like never before. I want you to think of the greatest financial breakthrough you've ever had in your life. And I want you to hear the Spirit of God backing that image up with like never before. Whatever you've seen God do before, I want you to... I mean, the Lord just started bringing me. I've seen the blind eyes open, the deaf ears open. I've seen babies come back to life, horses come back to life, cattle come back to life. And the Lord is saying, you're going to see things like never before. Amen. Amen. But it takes faith to start believing God. And He started reminding me of all the financial breakthroughs and all just the greatest increases. He says, like never, like never before. Like never before, there's been times the presence of God has been so strong that you can't even stand. And He says, I'm going to show up like never before. Amen. There's been times that the presence of God has been so strong in the vehicle that you can't even see. You, you can just see the presence of God. You can see the glory of God. It's so thick. And, and, and this isn't when you get to a certain place. That, I started seeing that when I was still strung out on this and strung out on that and just whacked out. God is not intimidated by your sin. No. 
the presence of God shows up to help us walk free from sin. He says like never before. That's good. That's good. What what can you what have you seen God do in your life? He says, I'm gonna show up like never before. Restoration in my life, Heather's a picture of restoration for me. And he says, You're gonna see restoration like never before. Like never before. I, I remember the last church I pastored in Midland, they had this what they call Rock the Desert. And there's all the top names, you know, Chris Tomlin, Third Day. You just go, all the, all the top people are there. And I go out and I, you know, I volunteer, you know, just in the prayer tent. And the, the different denominations all work together and everything. And so I'm at the prayer tent. A lot of the churches that were the main ones over, they didn't believe in healing or the gifts of the Spirit, anything like that. And so I'm in the prayer tent. You know, I'm just going to do whatever they ask me to do. I just want to serve. There's a lot of people there. And, and so this one person comes in and like they... I don't know, they hurt their leg or something like that and they couldn't walk and they bring them in and I just start praying over it and God just heals their, heals their knee just like that. And so all these people, you know, this denominations, they come over and they bring a whole list over to me, Vic, like this long. With this, all these, and they just go, can you pray? <laughs> I said, sure, I can pray and everything. So I prayed over them and everything and we got to lead, you know, uh, individual people to the Lord and stuff like that. And, and so my time was over and I went back. I was preparing to, you know, preach at the church the next morning. So I'm home. I'm studying. Man, my spirit, man, remember, remember like never before, say like never before. So my spirit stirred and I'm just like, man, I got to go back out there. By this time, it's dark. And so I get there and as soon as I show up at the, at the prayer tent, they said, Trey, this guy's trying to commit suicide, trying to kill himself. Can you help him? And everything so I pray with him the guy gets delivered he asks Jesus into his heart you know he gets filled with the spirit and so I'm thinking okay that, that's that's why I was here and everything and I get to look and there's 20,000 people out here it's 11 o'clock at night by this time 11 11 30 something like that 20,000 people and I'm there looking man so I asked the guy I said does anybody ever give them an opportunity to ask Jesus to come into their heart he said no would you do it <laughs> yeah I'll do it <laughs> They said, all right, hang on, hang on a second. So, and this is so cool. This is just the goodness of God. Because when I first got saved, I was in a, just, you talk about leaving Bethlehem and Judah, no word and praise. You know I mean? It, I couldn't get anybody to go with me. But one of the worship, I mean, just, I would listen to the rock and roll. That was what I listened to. You know, it was rock and roll worship. I don't remember if it was third day or who it was at this time. But they said, Trey, you follow us. So they took me back up on stage. And, and they said, right after this band gets done. And it was the band that I first started listening to when I gave my life to the Lord. And it was just like the Lord said, I'm just, that's just, I just love you. They said, you got seven minutes. I said, glory to God. So I step out there and hundreds gave their life to the Lord that night. And the Lord says, like never before. We're reaching 40 million people in a week. He's saying, like never before. What is it that you've seen, God? I want you to close your eyes just for a moment. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to see the greatest financial breakthrough in your life. I want you to see it. In, I want you to see it. See it in your inner eyes. See it in your spirit, man. See it. Can you see it? The greatest raise, the greatest real estate deal. I want you to see now. I want you to move the greatest, the greatest time you've had in the presence of God. Maybe you've never had that time. To, to, tonight can be the night that you have the greatest, like never before, presence of God. I want you to see when you've experienced the greatest power of God in your life. I want you to see the greatest victories that you've ever had in your life. Business whatever sphere of influence you're in, whatever arena you're in. And the Spirit of God is saying like never before. Like never before. Like never before. 
the revelation that you've had, the insight when you knew the plan of God, you knew the will of God. He's saying like never before. Say like never before. before. Now open your eyes up. Like never before. But it's going to take us beginning to believe God like never before. He's saying, I'm wanting to turn up the flow, but I I need you to position yourself to turn up the flow. Even the times when your physical body doesn't feel like praising, he's saying, turn up the flow. Even whenever you're tired and you don't want to come to church, he's saying, turn up the flow. Even whenever you don't want to give whatever it is he's putting on your heart to give, you turn up the flow. Even whenever you don't want to get in the Word, what do we do? We turn up the flow. Remember when you first got saved, how easy it was to forgive everybody? Oh, bless you, Lord. I just love everybody. I just want. And the more you're in this, everything, next thing you know how dare them. You know, you walk around with all this, you know, crusty. (laughs) Go back. God, I want to know you like never before. I'm going to turn up the flow like never before. I don't care how dumb I look. I'm not telling you to be a fruit loop. Man, don't be a fruit loop. Let's just start in our private time, okay? Let's. But there's times, and you're like, remember when you first started going after God? You'd never miss church. You never miss your time with God. It didn't matter who you was with. It didn't matter where you was at. Nobody or nothing was going to stop That's you right. from knowing God. Amen. That's turning up the flow. Remember, David, he says, God, restore to me a clean heart. What was he saying? God, help me turn up the flow. Holy Spirit, help me turn up the flow. I'm going to turn up the flow so God can turn up the flow and then get to your field. Get to your field. Your field, your job. Get to your sphere of influence. Get to the fields that God has called you to. Get to the field. Why? It's not about you. The field is always, there's always a bigger picture. You increasing, you prospering, you overcoming, you being the best you you can be. It's not about you. It's about the people that are attached to you. Get to your field. Clean the field. In James, it talks about the harvest groaning and the harvest calling out. But how is the harvest going to get reaped? It's going to get reaped through you. Being where you're supposed to be and being the person you're supposed to be, not being religious, but being a person that I'm determined I'm going to know the heart of God. I'm determined I'm going to turn up the flow. I'm determined I'm going to set my eyes on Him. I'm determined I'm going to return to Bethlehem and Judah, the Word and praise. I'm determined I'm going to go after you as my vital necessity. God, when I step out into my field, they're going to know, just like they said to Peter, that I know that they might be uneducated and unlearned, but I know they've been with Jesus. Get to the field. Get to the field. And like never before, you're going to see the healing power of God like never before. You're going to see financial increase like never before. You're going to see divine connections like never before. Restoration like never before. 